Good, good evening, everyone. Um, I apologize. I thought I was unmuted. I want to thank you for the women of God who ushered us in with that powerful prayer. I was saying that I was feeling extremely nervous and those, uh, that powerful the prayer and that worship you led Help me with a sound mind. I'm still a little nervous, but I have more peace right now. So I thank both of you, women of God, for that. Um, Heavenly Father, I I thank you, Jesus, for such an opportunity right now to bring forth a word of encouragement. Uh, hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you for having Apostle to be obedient, Lord, um, and requesting me to share a word. Father, I pray that you please forgive me for any thoughts, attitudes, words of my mouth, Father, today, behaviors that grieve your spirit, Father, any sins that I have intentionally committed or unknowingly committed, Lord, please forgive me for those things. Please help me decrease in my flesh right now. Holy Spirit, please go before me so that, Jesus, you receive all glory, nothing of me but all of you. May your word be received. Lord, may it penetrate the hearts, Father, and may your perfect will be done on the line tonight. Jesus, we love you and we appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the title of the message is, What is the Focus of Your Faith? I'll repeat that. The title of the message is, What is the Focus of Your Faith? For this scripture, I'm, for the first scripture, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, NLT, Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. So that's Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. And the main scripture would be Luke chapter 18, verses 17. And that would actually be from the Passion Translation. So I'll start with Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to read Luke chapter 18 a little in a few moments. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your holy word. So as many of you know on this line that this year, in the month of April, I gave birth to my first child. And through this process of becoming a parent, God has been revealing a lot about myself to me. I'm through my child. Um, Just my, my habits and my shortcomings, how I treat people, even things about my relationship with him, God has been really just um, 
bring a lot of revelation to me through my child, through parenting. And one thing that God has been showing me, what does it mean to be like a child? In this verse it says, becoming like little children. What does that mean to become like a child? So through studying and just demonstrating through my five-month-old daughter, Christ has brought out five main characteristics about what he means to me. So this, it may not apply for you, and I encourage you to seek God about what it means for you to become like a child in your faith with Christ, your walk with Christ. But here are five main characteristics that I want to share with you all. So the first one that God was sharing with me is um, just being simple, how a child can be so simple and one example he is using this, uh, my daughter, was um, how she can be so fascinated with this, the most basic items. Those fancy toys with the lights and all the gadgets, she has rarely any interest. She'll look at it for a few moments and that's it. But you can give her a basic, maybe a paper towel roll, and she's just having a time of her life, just the simplest things. And right now it's just seeing, fascinating seeing her observe her fingers. Like sometimes she'll just play with something, all of a sudden she'll pause, and she's like, wait a minute. It's like this is what, it seems like this is what she's thinking. What are these things extended from my hands, these long lines, or what, is, what are these things? And she just seems so fascinated. And God has been asking me, and I want to ask you all, how the simple-mindedness, Becoming like a child, that God desires that simple-mindedness. Do we have that appreciation, that gratitude for the simple things? Are we showing being content, or are we desiring these materials that have little substance, little to no substance? Are we desiring the fat, flashy things? And where is this coming from if we are? Are we comparing ourselves to others and what they have? Becoming like a child, God wants to see us back in that state, that simple-minded state. That's one characteristic that God has been showing me. And another characteristic is being forgiving. Becoming like a child is having that state state of mind where we're it's to, to give. And some examples is that um, God has been catching me and just showing me that I can easily show impatience, particularly towards my daughter, just so frustration, or um, but yet she still seems to be so forgiving towards me. Or maybe I, like, intentionally I'm ignoring her, like not responding to her, her need immediately. But yet she still just seems to want me, like, no, Mom, I still want you. Or just even the other day I was putting her in a car seat and I accidentally bumped her head. But yet she's still just looking at me, smiling at me, giggling, like, like I'm, I hurt you, but yet she still wants me. Um, and like she still wants to be with me. She still wants to be around me. And God has been showing me that imagine his forgiveness for us. Even if we hurt him, just imagine if that's how a baby's forgiveness is, then imagine God's forgiveness for us and how he would like us to demonstrate that towards others. That regardless, she's like, Mom, I still want to be around you. I just still want you here with me. Regardless of how impatient I might be towards her or may not be responding to her immediately. So another way of becoming like a child, God wants to see that characteristic of forgiveness. 
another one that is stated in the verse already is just being humble-minded. So I actually asked the guy, yeah, what actually does it mean to be humble? And one of the definitions that popped up was to be modest or have low judgment of your own importance. So not thinking of ourselves, our importance of being so high and lofty, but being modest or just even low judgment of how important we are. And I come back thinking of a child my daughter has no clue the role she has in this world right now. I don't think. All she knows that she exists. She's here. She's somewhere. She exists. And God wants to see more of that in us, that, oh, I'm, I'm, I have this title. I have this career. I have this degree. I have this importance. But, no, just you have a role, and God's going to qualify you and put you where he wants you. But not to get so, I think it's so high and mighty of that. But God wants to see us be humble, and that's becoming like a child. Another, the fourth characteristic was being teachable. Like, you know, a child can oftentimes, someone might describe a child as a sponge, how they so, can absorb so much. And right now I'm just admiring that or witnessing that with my daughter, how she seems to be just um, picking up so much between those she's around and how God wants to see that characteristic in us is being teachable. Are we willing to learn from God when we have those shortcomings in life? Are we willing to repent and learn the lesson that God wants to teach us? Or are we we being prideful and stubborn and not willing to be humble and be teachable and learn? And this fifth characteristic of becoming like a child, and this one I had the most difficulty with understanding and God was trying to show it to me through my daughter, is trusting. That becoming like a child to God and our faith, it means trusting. So at first, I didn't see how my daughter can be is trusting of me at all. And to be honest, I actually started questioning God. Um, and sometimes, God, I don't see how she's trusting of me. I actually started getting frustrated. But God, I leave her for a few moments and she's fine, but then she just gets so fussy and wailing. I started to ask God, like, why doesn't she trust that I'm going to return to her? Like, why wouldn't she believe that I'm not going to allow her to starve, that I'm going to take care of her? Like, if I give her to somebody, well, she keeps turning around to me and starting to get a little antsy after a while in their arms. I'm, like, getting frustrated. Like, God, why isn't she just chilling? Like, how come she's not trusting that I'm not going to put her in arm's way? I'm not going to put her in somebody's arms if I didn't trust it, didn't trust that person. Like, God, what's going on? She doesn't trust me. Um, Or if she doesn't see me in the room with her, why doesn't she trust that? Most most likely it's because I'm doing something for her, trying to get a diaper or something to take care of her. Why she's crying and screaming so much? I don't understand. Like, where is her trust? And you know what God responded back with me? And I heard, this is as clear as day. He asked, well, why don't you trust me in that way? I said, ooh, <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> I needed that heart check. And he, he was asking me, even when you may not see what I'm doing, why don't you still trust me? How come you don't trust that it's going to work out for my glory, which is the best thing for you anyway? How come you don't trust that even if you may not feel me or see me working, I'm still connected with you. I'm still with you. Like, why don't you trust that? 
and God actually been asking me those questions. This came up right around the time where I had to make a decision about returning to work or not that I shared with you all before. And so during that time, I was, um, in my mind, like, God, it doesn't make sense. Like, why would I, like, I should just return to work. Like, not working does not make sense. So at that time, I was actually um, in my devotions, and God revealed to me Genesis chapter 48. So I would like us to turn to that. Genesis chapter 48, verse 12. Genesis chapter 48, verse 12. Joseph asked the boys who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then we're going to jump down to verse 17. 17 through 20. But Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. No, my father, he said, this is the first, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. Verse 19. But his father refused. I know, my son, I know, he replied. Manasseh will also become a great people, but his younger brother will become even greater, and his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with this blessing. The people of Israel will use your names when they give a blessing. They will say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Thank you, Lord, for reading up your holy word. And so what God was speaking to me when I was doing this in my devotion was, even though at times it may not make sense to you, it doesn't make sense to the common man, it's not manly sense, it makes sense to me, it's godly sense. And that's all that matters. So, yes, returning to not going back to work, it may not make sense. Just how the way Jacob was giving the blessing to Joseph's son, Joseph's like, wait a minute, Dad, you're giving a greater blessing to my younger son. No, that's not right. No, Dad, give it to my older son. But Jacob said, no, I know who's who. You need to trust me. I'm giving, this is how the blessing is supposed to be. It's going to go to the younger son. He's going to get the greater blessing. The other one, the older one's still going to be blessed, but the younger son's going to get that greater blessing. So although it would seem confusing to Joseph, Jacob was trusting God what God was telling him to do. It made sense to God, and that's all that mattered. And that's how God was speaking to me. I'm like, God, you just provided, blessed us with a home. We have bills to pay. I mean, research says now, we just have a newborn. Research shows nowadays, but I think they said like between year zero and five, it costs like at least $100,000 just to raise a kid. I'm like, God, like, you just helped me earn my degree. Like, I'm not putting it to use now because I'm going to be at home. Like, this doesn't make sense. And God was saying, that's when I want you to trust me even more, that he showed to me that with or without your career, I can still use you. I don't need your career. Your job doesn't define you. So I want to ask you all as well, 
what are some things that maybe in your area, in your life, that maybe doesn't make sense to you and God is asking you, but this is the godly sense, this is what the way I want it to be, and I need you to release this to me and trust me. And that maybe these things that we're having our security in, it doesn't define us, and he wants it to release it to him, to trust him. So as I was saying, at first, that fifth characteristic of becoming like a child, trusting, I didn't see it in my daughter initially, but as God was helping me to prepare for tonight, he actually started showing me my daughter actually does trust me. That's the reason why she cries out to me, because she trusts me. She trusts that I'm going to answer her needs, that I'm going to comfort her when she cries. She trusts that I'm going to be there, so that's why she's going to continue to cry out to me. Even with my husband, she doesn't cry out to him that same way that she cries out to me, and even now she's starting to reach out to me. Um, like today, she, she had to get her um, – she didn't have to. We decided for her to get her shot at her appointment, and um, my husband was trying to comfort her. But now she started this thing where she's actually reaching out to me. I'm like, what? Like she trusts I'm going to comfort her. She trusts that, Mom, I know you have the sources, and you're going to provide at some point. I'm going to keep crying out, Mom, because I know you're going to provide. I'm trusting you, Mom. And I said, God, I didn't see it that way. I just got frustrated. I'm in my flesh. I'm frustrated by this noise of this crying. And God was showing me it's a cry because she trusts you. And then he took me even deeper. He said the moment we stop crying out to him, that moment we stop seeking his faith, that is because we no longer have him at the center of our faith. He is no longer the focus of our faith. So I want to encourage us tonight to continue to cry out to God no matter what. Seek him in all things, no matter what it is. Continue to cry out to him. We, as we all know, as it says in James, faith without work is dead. So the work, you know, that action, right? Maybe sometimes in some circumstances that works, the action, it might be just to wait on God. That's the action. It might be to seek God. It might be to put and to put our trust in him all at the same time. No matter what, in any circumstance, there's always an action. So I have three reflection questions that I would like to ask you all. What are the actions of your faith? I'm going to repeat that. What are the actions of your faith? One example God has been showing me of an action of faith through my daughter, she has started doing this thing where say she's playing with the item, let's say a balloon, um, she's touching on the item, but she's looking back at me almost to say, Mom, is this cool? Is this safe? Can I do this? Like she's checking in with me. And God was, then checked me. He said, when are you checking in with me? When are you turning back? When I have you on this path and I get you to that assignment where you're supposed to be, are we saying, all right, God, we got that job, I got that family, I got that man, I got whatever it is, that that increase of finances, I'm good now, I can do this, I manage it on my own. Is that what we're doing? Or, God, or are we checking, turning around, keep checking in with him, like, God, wait, let me pause here, God. Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be touching this thing right now, moving this way? And actually, my daughter was playing with the balloon and kept looking back at me like, Mom, can I put this in my mouth? Can I do this, Mom? 
So are we checking in with God along our walk with him, becoming like a child? And another thing that he's um, showing me through her is that sometimes when I'm holding her, she'll have one hand on my shoulder and one hand, let's say she's touching the blinds, the window, the shades. Um, so she's playing with it. Then she'll turn around and she'll just start tapping her. Sh- or she won't. sometimes she doesn't even turn around. She'll just start tapping her little hand on my shoulder, almost like, all right, Mom, I want to make sure you're still there. I'm still good. I'm, I'm, t- I'm touching these shades, Mom. Is that good? And God has been checking me. Am I doing that? Are we doing that? And I walk with him, becoming like a child. He wants to continue having us be in touch with him, connecting with him, have that desire to be with God, like how a child desires to be with that one person who provides that warmth for them. And that just blew my mind as he was showing me things about my daughter, like, she, she really is checking back with me or keeps touching my shoulder, even though she's not turning around, just wants to feel that, yep, I'm good. I got, I'm, I'm ground, I'm secure. You're, right, you're still right there, Mom. And that's what God is desiring from us as we, to become like a child. So my second reflection question, so the first one, what are the actions of your faith? Are we checking in with God? That might be an action. Are we desiring time with God like a child? Are we touching God, connecting with God? Those are actions of our faith. My second question, well, God has been revealing to us, to me, that our actions, so, you know, our works, they actually can show us the focuses of our faith, what our faith is centered on. Some of our actions can show that to us, reveal that to us. You might be wondering, well, how do I know what's my focus on my faith? Check your actions. And that can reveal it to you. So my question, my question number two for you then, so what is the focus of your faith? Question number two, what are there any areas of your life where the faith focuses on natural things? So almost, I like how I'm actually when I was talking to my mentor this week, um, Apostle broke it down as having almost like natural faith, which is you need to see first, then you believe oh, I see that I got that job, so now I'm going to believe. Or I see that I was able to um, build this family or get these materials. Or my family provides me so much security, so now I'm going to believe that this is the right choice. Or being with this person gives me so much security, so now I'm going to believe that's the right choice. What areas in your life do you have that, are you applying that natural faith? Your faith focuses on natural things. You need to see first and believe. And then lastly, the third reflection question, what areas of your life where you have spiritual faith? That type of faith where you believe first even without seeing it. That lasting type of faith, that substantial type of faith. What areas in your life do you have that type of faith, that you just rely on the promises of God without even seeing it, you're believing first? So I want to encourage you ladies tonight to reflect upon what is the focus of your faith? What are the actions of your faith? And just checking those areas where you might reflect that natural faith, which is very, maybe not really had that much weight to it. It's the natural things in the areas of life where we have that spiritual faith. Um, thank you, Apostle. And um, 
Thank you, God, for giving me a word of encouragement to share.